Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio. High on life. And other drugs. Are you going to take me up on my offer to sell my skeleton? Email us at sanspansradio at gmail.com and we can probably arrange something. For everything else, including links to our other shows, our Twitter and our Patreon account, head to sanspansradio.com. Welcome to another episode of Plumbing the Death Star Presents Movie Maintenance, where we ask the important questions like, what's your ideal Star Wars prequel? Alright, let's play a little hypothetical here. We've got a time machine set for a very specific mission. Fix the Star Wars prequels. You can either do minor tweaks or major rewrites. Either way... Steel Saunders has the key, and right now, you're our only hope. <laughs> help us, help us fix these glorious films Help to be more glorious. To be more glorious, glorious yeah. Sir. Well, um, hey, you guys, how you doing? Hello. Good. Welcome. Welcome. I, I do feel welcome. The, uh, like, do you, are you guys aware that it, of the fixes that people have already done to the Star Wars prequels? Like the Phantom Edit and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah. So um, I kind of feel like that. Is a way that it that it is better. It's interesting. It's interesting that um, I, I've watched a lot of those edits and stuff. It's it's actually quite hard to make them worse. Mm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good like when you can be. I've created something that no matter what anyone does to it can't be as shit as me. Yeah, like I, I watched a few um, Force Awakens. There was another like fan made trailer. Yeah, yeah. Online, I don't know how long it's been online for, but it makes the film worse. Like, like it does not look good. But is this the George Lucasified Phantom? Oh no, 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 no! That, that one just makes it funny. I, I've interviewed that guy. He was yeah. on, he was on the podcast. He was in Newport, which oh, wow. was really strange. That I, like I was fanning over this um, hilarious uh, sequel. Um, teaser and yeah, it was just over the Westgate, and I oh, wow. I went and hung out with him for the day, and <laughs> and he was getting calls from Hollywood and all that sort of stuff. Oh fuck off, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he because he he's done a lot of other um, sort of like sci-fi little little okay. like videos. I was gonna say home videos, <laughs> like you know little short films. I believe they call them. And uh, home videos. Yeah, so I think he he, he put a, a few extra things up there, and um, agents will. They'll just ring about everything. So, okay. so I think it's the sort of thing where you have to get something going then because, like, in 20 days there'll be someone else that's put up something. Yeah, true, true, true. But, um, yeah, but with those prequel edits and stuff, they're just they're always better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Cause like just, just like sli- slicing maybe 30 seconds out of one scene, you're like, no, yeah, no, that's a good choice. Yeah. Good choice. And there's not that much extra Jar Jar footage you can put in. So That's very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Step one, cut. Yeah. Which is a different voice actor. I think Jar, like, Jar Jar gets a lot of flack, but I think if he was maybe a different voice for that 
and maybe a little bit less caricature. I can't imagine him talking in any other voice now. Yeah, I know. Even Boss Nass was also... Misa doesn't have the brain power. Like the <laughs> la, la, la. That. Oh, uh, no, no, no. That was like a speech impediment <laughs> based on CGI ability. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. just like there was, that was the only reason he did that because it was like, hey, we can make the lips flap around. Yeah, look look at his jowl and wiggle. Isn't that uh, great? I've never thought about that before. Like we've been doing this podcast, what, for like five minutes and I've already found another <laughs> thing to be angry about with George Lucas. <laughs> Perfect. Like I'm, I'm already, I'm just like, you fuck up, you did it to me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what rating is this thing? Uh, e for explicit. We can say cunt, e. it's fine. Okay. We might get some angry UK. Like, <laughs> no, no, UK pretty good with it. Might get some angry US fan being like, don't say cunt, it's a bad word. <laughs> they're like, mate, don't be a cunt, and he'll be fine. There's, um, there's no bad words, there's just bad people. Exactly. So... Just you know, chill. don't sweat it. They're just, it's weird that people get upset about, like, I understand if it's like a racial thing. Mm, no, I agree. But just like a swear word, like. Just calm down. Like how rag would it be if, um, I don't know, like milk, they decided that is going to be a, like an awesome, like, I'm, and then, and then on in vice versa, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm going down the shops. What do you need? Oh, can you get us two liters of cunt? That'd be lovely. That'd be Although, sweet. in Australia, we do have coon cheese. So, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Imagine, it imagine, all works out. Imagine, uh, what, what sort of cunt do you have? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll have full cream cunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just one percent, please. <laughs> Thank you. Half and half. Beautiful. Man, if you're one percent cunt, you're a pretty, <laughs> you're a pretty good dude. Because I've met people that are like ninety five percent. They're the full cream. Uh, yes. So Star Wars. Yeah. Um, let's talk Star Wars prequels. My first thing that would make them better mm-hmm. is if the person writing the film went and watched the other films. <laughs> that would be really good. To make sure that the storylines matched up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been nice. Just like, to have like, watch them, have like a little t- a notepad. And just every time there was a mention to stuff that happened in the past, just write it down. Yeah. Just write it down. And, and that way I don't have to let, like listen to all these podcasts where people like just pull a thread so fine to explain why Leia remembered Padme and Luke didn't. Mm. I had a theory about this. In oh, I see. You're episode. part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, my, my big issue was in Return of the Jedi, does it ever say that they're twins? Ever? Yeah. It does? Definitely? It doesn't, it doesn't say twin? I no, they don't, just, they I think just it's say just brothers like, and sister. I like, think it's just brother and sister. So I was just like- So when Darth Vader goes, sister- doesn't he go? You've got a twin sister. Ooh, does Ooh, maybe. he? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, because I, I don't was... know. I don't want to go in that because we did that trivia podcast, and, <laughs> yeah. was, and I like totally like lost the whole thing because I, I like I gambled. Bet, like, bet all the my farm moves. on the wrong horse. <laughs> yeah. Bought, bet the moisture farm on the wrong nephew. <laughs> um, and now, yeah. I'm, now I'm just a pile of barbecued bones. <laughs> like, you the... might be right though, because uh, I was trying to think of. I forgot that Vader actually mentions it to Luke. I was thinking that I was like Yoda and Obi Wan definitely don't say, "Hey, it's your twin," but Vader might. So it must have been said that they were twins because that just feels like a really young bit of knowledge that I have. Yeah, so like I know they're twins. I don't know how. I just do. But maybe if they don't say it in the film, that's George Lucas's alibi that he did go back and watch it. And <laughs> it's not mentioned. See, it's fine. It's fine. He's just chasing his tail there. So I, 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 it just it breaks my brain that they didn't 
watch the films mm. and then work back that way. Like it's not some expanded universe thing. No. You made the film. Yeah. And Carrie Fisher, after the Ewoks had like woven together this sweet outfit for her, which is just bizarre. Like imagine getting held captive and then these little teddy bears. Like, did they have just a, a captured woman outfit waiting or did they go out and <laughs> slaughter like- a few Gundarks or some shit. In in between sort of scenes, you miss like you know the seamstress Ewok just kind of or <laughs> just kind of measuring her inseam, that kind of stuff, and be like, aha, we got this. Yeah, oh, okay, nice. Yeah. The chief desk chirper. When yeah, did that, mm. and and then the hair plaiting and all that sort of shit. So she had she was a I never thought about that. She's a prisoner a lot of that show. She went from Jabba the Hutt to little Ewoks, and before that, Darth. Well, that's two films earlier. The whole sequel, the whole. Oh, we're talking Return of the Jedi at the moment. Yeah, I'm talking all of them. She's very much a prisoner in all of them. No, nah, he just pulled a Lucas on you there, yeah, just yeah. changing the question. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a, it's like the old Roddy Piper catchphrase. It's like, as soon as you know the answer, I change the question. Well, that's <laughs> just rude. <laughs> um, so, because there's that, there's the sister thing, and I just... It makes me so angry. It's a $5 billion film franchise. You sold it for another $4 billion. Watch the fucking film before you make more films. Yeah, and you like got- anything, anything that is plot, like anything mm. that's said about the past, written down. You now can't avoid this. Yeah, yeah, you sort of you have that end goal there. It's unavoidable. You need to sort of be able to write your way to that inevitable endpoint. Yeah, in stone mm. is that they're born, and then Leia is with Padme for two or three years. Yeah. That's in stone. She's got a memory. In stone, you've got um, people going, the Jedi, that ancient religion, what a bunch of bullshit. We don't believe in it. So you've got that whole aspect of just the Force somehow being this ancient thing that people don't really believe in as well. Okay. I, I can I can sort of like accept that, thinking that there wasn't that many Jedi mm. and it's a massive galaxy. Mm. So it's sort of um, a lot of it would be, like hearsay and legend and... Yeah, that's cool. But then in the prequels we got, we got this whole temple of Jedi, these younglings. He's Obi-Wan opens up a lightsaber. No one's like, <gasps> everyone's like, yeah, it's fine. It's cool. What else? Yeah, but that's on Coruscant. That's true. Do you know what I mean? That's like seeing the naked cowboy in New York. Like, oh, yep. You yeah, go, oh, yeah, there he is on Times Square. Yeah, yeah. But in Australia, that's just a story you hear. They're like, oh, there's this naked, naked cowboy, cowboy in New York. What a great analogy that is. The <laughs> it's naked a good one. Cowboy <laughs> good one. He's, he's, he's our world's Jedi. Yes. That dude's pretty stoked too, like mad props on this podcast. <laughs> 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 it's like listening. He's like, naked cowboy. That's, that's me. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there's just that last 10 minutes of Revenge of the Sith that mm. was just like, Usa, it was, Usa. <laughs> that's quite soothing. Usa. Yeah. <laughs> it sort of makes me want to go to the toilet. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a very calming, yeah. loosening voice. Like they nailed it with the the little scoop droid, the ice cream scooper. Yeah. But that would I, we talk, I talked about this on the, on our podcast. Those that scooper droid, while it's soothing for us, mm. us us men inverted commas in the room. If you're a girl. 
and you find out this robot with a ice cream scoop is going to be uh, just right in there. Yeah, getting right up in your uh, junk just to get that babies right up in your <sighs> right up in your milk, right up in that milk, just yanking them out. Like that'd be terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Probably the worst thing you'd ever hear. Like just be like, oh, so that's the worst thing anyone's ever going to say to me. So in that's my what entire killed life. it. <laughs> yeah. Just this ice cream scoop. Just because they're on. Are they on Mustafa at that time? Or no, they're at that that secret base. Ah, uh, okay, okay, it makes more sense then. Yeah, <laughs> otherwise I'm thinking like clearly it wasn't a birthing droid; it was a mining droid. They quickly <laughs> cobbled together. Like shit, what do we do? <laughs> anyway, oh boy, <laughs> this, this chick's pretty sick. And she's got shit all iron ore in her. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? Help! Um, get me that rock scooper. I got this. Don't worry, droid number forty three's got this. Yeah, well, you, you do the gene. Reinhardt, when if someone doesn't have enough iron, you just lower their pay. So. <laughs> the um, that that would be my big thing for the prequels. I, I'd I'd like Padme to uh, live a lot longer. I think to make that sense. I just, I just, it just boggles my mind. Five billion dollar franchise. Uh, Watch the film. Uh, yeah. Take a notepad. Like you could have just hire twenty elite nerds to mm. go over the scripts. You wouldn't even you wouldn't have to pay them. They would they would have done it for free. I don't recall ever owning a droid. You spent twenty years with this droid. You referred to him by name. You went you went to save the Grand Chancellor or whatever of the Grand Republic with him, the dude that you chopped three limbs off, and that's it. How can you not? Fucking remember the droid. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe some kind of after the lightsaber damaged something in the head there. We don't know. He had a tough 16 years on Tatooine as well. <laughs> he got yeah. like a serious case of sand face. Oh, yeah. my God. I, <laughs> two sons. That's a lot of, like, that's a lot of UV. Just yeah. saying. You, you need the... um. You can't have the UV 100 or whatever. You need to go the the UV sand people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why they're wrapping bandages underneath. They're all they're all models <laughs> because they're all wrapped up. Just beautiful. Never been sun touched. One of the problems I have with the prequels is like not only do they ignore stuff like that from the original films, like a thing that clearly needs to happen, but then they focus way too much on like trying to tie everything that happens in the originals like all together. Like being like, hey, these characters are really popular. We should try and shoehorn them into the prequels somehow. What's that? You're just gonna you're just gonna hang out. With some Wookiees. Oh, look at this fucking Wookiee. You love that fucking Wookiee. You love that fucking Wookiee. Like, there's like, too much like cameo-y stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too small a universe. Yeah. 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 And, and some of the stuff you can... Like, the Boba Fett thing, I'm at peace with. And I, I think it's... Like, I actually remember when I found that out in, in the film going, oh, yeah. Like, it's sort of... The Chewbacca thing, that was pushing it. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader... Built C3PO thing. Mm. Oh my God, suck my milk. <laughs> yeah, that was not great. <laughs> and then, like, like, I love Star Wars so much, you guys. I, I, it's all right, man. We all grew up with it. It's okay. I didn't grow up with it because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> it's what kept me young. And, like, I love the films so much. Like, I, when I went and saw the special, when I went and saw the the trailer for the special edition, I started bawling in the first ten seconds. <laughs> that's that's some dedication. I I just love the films. I, I I cried when I saw the teaser for the Force Awakens. 
Um, I just, I, I, I have a deep emotional connection to Star Wars. And that's what I think it, it annoys me so much. And I, what really annoys me is when people on podcasts like us, they add too much weight to things that happen in the original trilogy to validate the prequels. Yeah. Like, you know, when C3PO gets shot on Cloud City mm. and all the parts get delivered, you know, to the, the cell yeah. so Chewie can put them back together and people go, yeah, that's because Darth Vader, he still he still had a soft spot oh, for fuck off. C-3PO. I haven't heard that. Oh, and that I haven't makes heard that angry. and that makes me mad. No, fuck off. Don't, don't ruin something beautiful with your bullshit. With, mm, 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 yeah, I, I don't... I, I'm I'm happy for like things in the prequel, whatever, to you know forewarn or shadow that that something's going to happen. Yeah, but something that just happens by happenstance, and then you add you're trying to use that to add weight. Do you know about the Star Wars ring theory? Uh, I vaguely started reading it. I think when the guy posted it a couple months back, something like that. And it's just how it's all about mirroring one, two, three, sort of mirroring four, five, six, but in reverse order. Is that is that right? Yeah. So a lot of the scenes, like if you look <clears> at it a certain way, they sort of go into out. Like yep. um like the name like Hannah. Do you know what I mean? They're this, yeah, yeah. they halfway through it just goes back. And there's a lot of things to that. I I think one of the clear things is in the Phantom Menace, there's a space battle and a ground battle. And, you know, the Gungans are the Ewoks, the battle droids, the Stormtroopers, the droid ships, the Death Star, Anakin's Neon Neon Numb, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Because he ain't Lando. No, no, he's not. (laughs) Because there's no fucking way Lando Carizian would spit out as a pickup line. I hate sand. That is the worst fucking pickup line ever. What girl wants to fucking get a new boyfriend that's like, well, this motherfucker's <laughs> never taking me to the beach? That is a huge bummer. Yeah, I love fucking sand. Yeah. Not <laughs> fucking. I love sand. I, I wondered why you were walking funny. <laughs> and this shit's like, no, nah, I hate sand. And then he's it's like, are you an angel? Something, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tell you what about fucking sand. Yes. I've got a fucking sand story. I, I like you know you used to like um I don't know this is what I used to do like you'd be at the pool or whatever I go to the pool because I fucking hate sand yeah and I I actually do fucking hate sand <laughs> yeah so, <it's- laughs> oh. so so like in the film I was like yeah man <laughs> say it loud say it proud because I grew up in like a beach community and I was a skateboarder and I was trying to rebel ah. against all sort of surfing and that sort of stuff but um yeah so we used to like sit by the pool and. You know, it's like just at the start of high school, you'd be seeing with girls, they're exciting. They're pretty much in their fucking undies. I'm not sure if you know this about bathing outfits. Oh, we know. Yeah, yeah. We are well aware. It's, it's weird how that... It's weird double standard. Yeah. Like if some, like if someone's just walking around in their underwear and you're like, well, that's a bit... A bit Whoa. too much. But if it's if it's a bikini or something, that's no, fine. No, 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 no. But if those undies are wet... <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, technically that should make it worse. <laughs> technically. It makes it it better. (laughs) And you'd read the Dolly. Like, I used to read the Dolly Doctor questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember doing that as well. And it was a sweet window into the the female world. Yeah. And, um, you know, and people would write in and they were worried about if it would hurt when the pregnancy droid like Ubered into yeah, them yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Just general shit. They're like, just just focus on the sweet, sweet soothing sounds of Woosa. It's fine. <laughs> focus on that. It'll give you a center. And there was this 
killed it, Rooney. About her boyfriend's fetish was going down to the beach and fucking the sand. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the story was going to be like somewhere else, an analogy or something. But it's like, no, this dude just liked to. Like to get his dick in sand. That was yeah. his jam. Analogy's too big a word for Dolly. Okay, <laughs> so we're just going with straight stories here. <sighs> and she, so his thing was, he loves sticking his dick in the dirt and then having sex. And she wanted to know if it would have any negative. Um, Hang on, so he would stick his dick in the sand, get it all sand covered, then fuck her. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. yeah. Don't do that. Dolly Doctor Do- had the prescription <clears throat> for breakup. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, don't don't do that, buddy. <laughs> Hmm. That's fun. It's just like, how about we don't and I just wank you off some sandpaper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what you normally talk about on this show, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty much, okay. usually. Yeah, so he was the total opposite of Anakin Skywalker. He loved the he sand. He loved the sand. He loved it real good. But um, <clears throat> let's get back on point. Let's talk. Okay, first of all, okay, I, I, don't really, I don't really have this grand vision for what the prequels should be. Mm-hmm. Like, I go to this film, I, I, I watch Star Wars films. I don't write them. Yeah, you know, and that's part of the the thing. You know, it's, yes. I, I like entering the, the world. I I definitely think I watched an edit. I I actually think this makes the prequel like the Phantom edit is 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 really good as separate films. And of course, he did the first one when there was just <coughs> the Phantom Menace. Yep. And you know, if you don't know about the Phantom edit, this guy re-edited a VHS copy of the Phantom Menace, and it took Hollywood by storm. Um, mm. People thought it was Kevin Smith. And he had to come out and say he didn't watch it. And it was like, it turns out this guy edited it and gave it to a friend that worked in a video duplication center or something. And it just, it got out. Like it got, people just started making copies. Oh, wow. This is like 80s Pirate Bay. Wow, so he was like, I just made this. It was like for a goof here. You you watched it. I think you'll enjoy it. And he's like, this is the best. I'm going to copy it. And then he just went from there. Yeah, well, he edited a few <clears throat> He edited a few scenes to make them better. And these friends said, oh, you, may, you should just do the whole film, put it on tape. Mm. And then it got handled around. And then he ended up like getting, getting chased by private investigators oh, wow. from the Washington Post. Because it was a big thing that it was also caught <clears throat> up in at the same time Napster. was uh, like, okay. So, yeah. so it wasn't just the that we've made this film better there's also this copyright infringement thing and and this guy'd made no money out of it he just gave someone a mm. tape yeah but then what happened was that people started selling it on eBay and uh, like other people were making money through it so there was all these dual things but huh. i i interviewed him on on the on the steel wars podcast but that makes fan that's probably the best phantom menace is and if you get it, you find you find on download site and listen to the commentary because it's so interesting and so heartbreaking <laughs> that he applies these simple <clears throat> film laws or rules, like very simple, and makes the film so much better. It's like we were so close. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing I, I find about because I went back and I watched episodes one, two, three again very recently. Mm-hmm. Surprised to find out that episode one is the best prequel ep, um, of them all. Like, really, really. Like I, I always assume no, Return of the Sith. That's Revenge. Revenge sorry, Revenge of the, of the Sith. I just don't care enough about them to kind of remember them to their names. That's right. Ten thousand people just cried out as one. Then <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> like, do, do you really care, guys? <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, dude. Um, you, you think they're, they're listening to a show called Plumbing the Death Star? They care. Oh, they do. So, 
Revenge of the Sith, you'd think that would be the best one. Like, that would be where it also came together. It would have got dark and edgy, edgy. But it just, it wasn't. It was just so more disappointing. At least with episode one, there was still that glimmer of hope, and it still felt like a Star Wars film. Whereas episodes two and three just went off the rails. I'm not sure. I love the last half of Attack of the Clones, which is is kind of... A lot of people don't like Yoda dancing around. I was freaking out. I, I, I had such exhilaration during the battle of geonosis mm. and and yoda's fight with count dooku it was because it's the first time you see yoda like because you hear yoda being like super powerful and everything and mm-hmm. this is the first time the films are just like hey we're going to show you what he was like yeah i the, but just the, the physical euphoria i felt it was like i felt like i was doing something illegal <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right yeah it did it, it had that yeah, it was so good. I, I really felt like I was jaywalking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was talking about, you guys. I, we, we were there. The most badass we of crimes. The most badass yeah. crimes, jaywalking. No, because when I, I saw it, it was the same thing. I, first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, Because we, we were in maybe year nine or ten, and we had those little shitty animations on the computer we had to do from the assignment. And we were doing stuff from this you know, episode, too. Like, we would draw Yoda in stick figures fighting other stick figures kind of stuff. And we were like so on board. And I loved it the first time I saw it. But seeing it now as an adult, I can see why people don't like it. I can see the kind of like, no, that's not... It is, again, not staying, you know, quotation marks, true to the character. It's just that you kind of don't want him to be doing flips and shit. You just want him to be very zen and peaceful with the Force. Okay, but he, he needs a way to fight people. Twice yeah. his size. Do you know what I mean? Like in the world of professional wrestling, you know, like a little guy can mm. fight a big guy, like your, you know, like your Rey Mysterio. Yeah, or you know, your Daniel Bryan or whatever like that, because they move very fast and mm. they're very athletic. So, like, I think you know, Yoda is like, you know, one third of the size of Count Dooku, just in just in lightsaber reach alone. Yes. that makes it tough. So there had to be a way for him to. Mm to be this good a Jedi. Yeah, and that's why I liked the the fight with him and the Emperor in episode three, where it's just them having a bit of a force battle, uh, like throwing shit at each other. That was a th- I thought was a bit cooler yeah, than just having, but- having a lightsaber. Also, I don't like the Emperor having a lightsaber as well. Oh, yeah, I love that. See, I, because I, again, in you know, Return of the Jedi kicks around, he's like, ah, lightsaber, shitty weapon, whatever. You just want to cut me down with that shit piece of shit. Whatever. <laughs> direct, direct quote. quote. Yeah, direct <laughs> quote. Um, and then for him to just be so also lightsaber happy in the prequels was just, I thought that again was also a bit odd. Yeah, I think it, but it fits in because all the other Sith had lightsabers. Mm. I, that The, the force thing is a bit Harry Potter. Yeah. And, and I always find the end of the Harry Potter films, and, and granted, I haven't seen them all, and maybe this is why, but at the end, it's sort of just like, Kazubilula. <laughs> like, it's sort of just like, it's not really defined what's going to win. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, what is more powerful than what, using the Harry Potter analogy, there's like one thing that kills you instantly, and then sometimes other stuff is more powerful than that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Harry Potter needed more of an eight mile vibe where <laughs> the spell to kill the other dude, like, it was hard to spit. 
and just yeah. and like he kept fucking it up all film, and then at the end he's just like wipes off mum's spaghetti and then just fucking drops mad spell. Ah, oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, say what we got. Well, that was... sort of actually happens in Harry Potter, like in the fourth one with the Patronus or pa- I can't even fucking Arsel see. Tongue? All right, does the spell rhyme? No, the spell doesn't rhyme. We'll get fucked. Yeah, it's 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 like five percent eight mile, but yeah, like he struggles this whole <laughs> film to do this fucking spell, and then towards the end he does it and. It's in the fourth movie, so it's not like he wins with it. It's just like, hey, he did, he did the right it. job. Sick. See, my favorite thing with the end of Harry Potter is the most powerful wand to ever existed. Harry Potter grabs it, snaps it, just chucks it off a bridge. <laughs> Fuck your wand. Have a shit wand. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The Elder Wand is the most powerful wand in the universe, in the world, I guess. I don't know. Harry Potter doesn't have space shit. <laughs> uh, the universe. And stories about it fighting off death. And then Harry ends up with it at the end. He's just like, oh, too powerful. Snap. Throws it in the lake. <laughs> wow. The um, I always thought the most powerful wand in the universe was the one that that dude stuck in the dirt before he had sex with his girlfriend on the beach. Yes. It's a pretty powerful <laughs> one. Um, more Darth Vader. That's what those prequels needed. How, how like, that would have been dope if, like, mm. he got Darth Vader. Oh, so, actually, yeah, so this is to the point I was going to make. So the other edit that I saw recently, the mm. Phantom Edit was, like, super good, does all the films um, separately very well. And I'm, I think he's got a Revenge of the Sith one, and I'm desperately trying to get it off him. But Because um, I know he only did the he only did yeah, two. two. But, yeah, he always, he sort of just teases me that he's got this <sighs> other one. But um, I'd love to see it. But So I watched this other one that combined all three of them together, and it's on YouTube. And it starts with the Darth Maul fight at the end of Phantom Menace. Okay. So it starts in action. <clears throat> do you know what I mean? Nice. Straight into the action with them fighting, and then Qui-Gon gets killed. Yep, yep. And... Darth Maul gets cut in half. Big mistake, mm. cutting him in half. Mm. And um, then it jumps forward ten years into the future. And and compacting those three prequels into one film makes everything. It, it's great because everything's got such impact. It all happens at a great like fast pace, and you know a lot of the trudgy blah is is yeah, left out. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the great thing about the first Star Wars films was it didn't explain everything. Do you know yeah, what I mean? left things up to the imagination. Okay, here's lovely. A, here's a great analogy that is great for me. Let's see if it works for you guys. But it combines two of my favorite things. The original Star Wars films were directed by David Letterman, <laughs> <laughs> and David Letterman doesn't really care if everyone doesn't get the joke. He just does what he thinks is funny. There'd be things like you know they'd just drop things in like the Clone War. Um, the Bounty Hunter on Ord Mandel, um, Boba Fett, No Disintegrations, things, even Jabba the Hutt in the first two films, if you watch them before a certain time. Before 1997. Thank you. They, you didn't have to get the joke. Yeah. Mm. You, like, you just heard that reference and you were just like, oh. Good. Oh. <laughs> then the prequels were directed by Jay Leno. <laughs> Where every joke has to be dumbed down and explained and so fucking obvious, do you know what I mean? And, mm. and this combined YouTube one where they combine them all is the David Letterman cut where everything doesn't have to be explained. Mm. Like in the second scene of this cut, they're in the elevator going up to see Padme 10 years in the future and Obi-Wan, they say, oh, I'm really nervous about seeing her again, haven't seen her for 10 years and- 
so in this film, we've never seen Padme before, mm-hmm. and but it sets up, oh, they've seen each other 10 years ago. He's nervous about seeing her. And and bang, that's the whole Phantom Menace done. Yeah. You don't need any more of the Phantom Menace. That's true. Like, you do miss out on pod racing, and I do have a soft spot for it, but you, you don't need it. You don't need it at all. I, I, I really think that starting the film, even if you did the Phantom Menace, Anakin, he should have been, like, 15 or something. Yeah. Yeah. He was just too young. Like, he, he needed to be, like, a little dick. Yeah, like an, like a almost like a Han Solo kind of but arrogant, cocky, but also force-wielding. Yeah, and I don't know, there was just something that they just didn't get across. But I guess the obvious thing with what would you change is just like, hey, man, story by George Lucas or based on the characters by George Lucas, <laughs> directed by fucking anyone but George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> because he's he can't direct... Do you know what I mean? He directs. Yeah. He directs in the editing chair. Yeah. Like, and and yeah. I've, I've been listening to some interviews with Mark Hamill, and it was sort of just like, was it Mark Hamill? I think it was Mark Hamill, but it was he was like asking him questions. Oh no, no, no! It was um, Ray Park. But ah. Mark Hamill has said similar things. That's like, oh, what, what, what? Where's this guy come from? Are you? Just whatever you wear it to be. Like, there's no extra huh. help. I think there's one thing where Mark Hamill said to him, oh, "Should Luke be jealous?" Of, of Han and Leia, and he's like, whatever you think, you're Luke Skywalker. Uh, and that's not... I've worked with directors like that, yeah, like an amateur theatre. You don't want that. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so just anyone but him, that would have been awesome. Yeah, um, I think the biggest problem was, like, you look at, like, what did George Lucas do from, you know, in, in the interim before directing uh, Phantom Menace? Nothing. He was basically 20 years out of practice. He had sex with Linda anything. Ronstadt. Yeah, but that's not going to make you a good filmmaker. But, like, props to him, but <laughs> not going to make you a good filmmaker. Good red tube filmmaker. <laughs> Potentially. The um, Nah, it'd be all just, like, focused on the corner and then just fixed in post, and then we'd have, like, three rocks just, yeah. <laughs> the, the money shot would be amazing, though, if there's a fact. Oh, God. <laughs> just be just like, uh, she'd be just dodging every kind of which way. We cannot repel this fireball. <laughs> um, the... I, I definitely think Anakin should have been 15. Or, and also, or, 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 it, it, it shouldn't have been that 10 years later, everyone looks fucking exactly the same, <laughs> <laughs> except for this one dude. No, um, Obi's got a beard by that point, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. something like that. He's combed his hair back. That's nice. Um, He's got a mullet going. Especially yeah. that he looks exactly this 10 years, right? <laughs> fucking nothing, right? Nothing. <laughs> and then 16 years in the sun. Oh my god! <laughs> See, that's the that's the problem. See, he, he just doesn't age, doesn't age, doesn't age, and he hits like maybe fifty odd, then it all just hits him. <laughs> wow, that's worrying for me, man. Because yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting concerned that my useful good looks are just going to crumble. Going to crumble. Yeah, and also like um, making him like fifteen or something makes the like oh, he's too old to be trained thing sort of more believable. Because like he's like eight. But then when you see the younglings in Revenge of the Sith, yeah, they're a little younger, but it's not like a big difference. Yeah, because that's what you want to have with your movie-going audience to be, you know what, there is a cut-off age to be a Jedi, so any sort of fantasy you have, nah, don't worry <laughs> about it. You're too, you're too old. You're too old. Or just change the age that's too young because you're writing the movie! Yeah, right? I don't know. And the whole can't have relationships, can't be married, can't have things. I understand that they're going, maybe going for like this kind of celibate monk thing. But again, in the extended universe, um, 
Luke goes off and gets a wife, even in the non-extended universe. In the canon, he's making out with his sister. In KOTOR, I mean, that's the one that I, um, where I, my love of Star Wars really comes from is the sort of uh, the video game KOTOR. It's like, I was able to romance anyone in that series and it wasn't a big deal. And then suddenly there's this little, little tiny sliver here where it's like, no, 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 Je- Jedis can't get married or have a lover or anything. I, d- I, I thought that was a bit odd because it wasn't, you know, brought up in the... Uh, in the original trilogy, yeah, but need to. but why why would it be brought up? Because it's like that's true. It's like, hey, everyone that's dead, don't <laughs> get girlfriends. <laughs> um, but I I don't mind the the sort of celibate thing because, in my opinion, a celibate priest is a huge mistake. Like yeah. in, in real life, yes. I, I think yeah. it, I think it it's it's caused nothing but anguish to the world for mm-hmm. what it's what it's yes. done and and how you know perhaps if if they didn't have that that rule that i don't know it wouldn't bring them to this point where they're like interfering with with little boys and girls and stuff like that mm. or I, I don't know that's a, that's a weird and you know it's not the podcast for it, but which yeah, comedy? Did so they, we do. But did they become? But yeah, did you're they right. become priests because of that, or, or you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it, either way, in my opinion, it's a failed system. And then the Jedi's have taken this on, but the Jedi's are a failed system. Yeah, do you know what I mean? They 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 lose. They they fall yeah. apart. Yeah. So I, I sort of, but it's not from their own internal corruption. And like, if that was. If they made the decision, like, look, they're going to be monks, they're going to be, like, celibacy, whatever, and then they had this big internal, like, problem with maybe sort of the inner circle of Jedis who are just corrupt as fuck, and that's where, like, the Sith were born. I think that would be – that sounds to me like a pretty cool idea mm. that, no, they were they were too fucking righteous, and behind closed, closed doors, they were just as – um, fucked up as the rest of us, okay. and that's kind of a cool. You've jogged, story. you've you've jogged a memory of a theory oh, no. and uh, about the corrupt Jedi. Mm. I think a huge thing. I, I, I guess I, I, I think I just want to get in a few things that, like in that film, just change that and make it a bit cooler, right? This is one thing. When Count Dooku had Obi Wan captured, yep, and he was explaining to him what was happening, the plot of the film, it would have been a lot more interesting. If Qui-Gon believed in what Count Dooku was doing for a time, because Qui-Gon was quite a rebellious Jedi, and if Count Dooku was not as flat-out evil, Mm. do you know what I mean? Like, he thought he was doing the right thing, but he was going about it the wrong Wrong way. way. And then there was sort of like a third... You know, you've got Palpatine and, and and he's one force. Then you've got the Jedi. And then you've got like a grey area of doing the wrong thing for the right reasons or the right thing for the wrong, whatever yeah. the way. But I, I thought and I remember watching this in the theatre when he was first explaining it and I was like, oh, my God, if Qui-Gon and him were actually, John, I mean, mm. if Qui-Gon hadn't died, where would he be now between you know, mm. the Jedi and his old friend Count Dooku, that was a really interesting thread that they could have gone with yeah. and, the, and they didn't. i tell you another thing that in the cinema I mm. was like, oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> well done. Can't wait. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> like it was when Grievous has got them all captured on 
the uh, on his big ship, which is the Malevolence, I think it's called. It's a cool name. Pretty bad, I think. Yeah, and um, there's those um, those guards with their little sticks, and they're all captured. And Grievous is coughing up along and saying how he's won and all that stuff. And Anakin signals to R2, and then R2 just presses all these buttons at once. And Anakin, I think, gets the saber back from Grievous or something. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Do Return of the Jedi thing. Spare lightsaber in the eject point. R2, <laughs> flink. He can do the exact same flip, grab the saber, fuck shit up. And yeah. they put on the exact same music that's on in Tatooine. And people are standing up in the fucking theatre going, yes! I would have high-fived everyone. How did that not happen? (laughs) I remember seeing in the theatre just going, fuck yes. This is so good. (laughs) This this, this, is... I can't wait. Just fucking do it. Shoot the lightsaber R2. This is going to be the fucking best thing ever. That's my favourite scene of the whole film is that that when he shoots the lightsaber. It's It's just just so rad that he's just like... He's about to get thrown in and he just goes, hey, Jabba, um... How about letting us go or I'm going to have to just fuck everything up. Nah, all right, R2, fling that thing over. Sweet backflip and this cleaning house. Mm. And like that's the thing. Where were your elite nerds going over the script that could suggest such things? Yeah. With I- that, that sequence as well is extra annoying because it's almost like <laughs> that thing that prequels do sometimes where it's like, you know what's going to happen here. Indiana Jones is a good example. It's not a prequel, but when Indy goes to grab his gun the second time, like in, I can't remember which film it happens in. But in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where there's the giant dude with the sword, the famous scene where he pulls out the gun and just shoots him. Yeah. And then in the trilogy later on, a similar thing happens. He goes to pull it out and he just doesn't have his gun. Yeah. It's almost like they were trying to do a similar thing with the Revenge of the Sith. It's like, hey, you guys know where this is going to go. Is this shit out of lights? But no, nah, it's going to be like a funny thing. Yeah. It's really annoying. But it doesn't work because yeah. it's like back in time. Yeah, I know. That's It's almost like fan service, but sort of like, fuck you. At the same time. Like. Yeah, I think this is why everyone, I think everyone really just likes the prequels is because it had moments of just being so close to greatness. And and that's sort of that moment is another one of those, oh, you just, you were so close to something. Yeah. And I find myself when I was watching the, the, the prequel trilogy, it's like, you're so close. You're so close to something good here. This is almost a spectacular film again. I'm so... Ready, and then you just drop the ball. And it's just like, <sighs> Yeah, I tell you another one. Here's something could change. Um, the reason it's in there, it's heartbreaking because that scene sucks and you don't need it. So in Attack of the Clones, the most worthless, useless scene that does nothing for the plot is the Mario Brothers scene. <laughs> In the droid foundry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like forward, forward, jump, um, red button jump. It's like you're watching gameplay from, like, I don't know, they make a a video game of that movie because that scene would be exactly the same. (laughs) It's so bad. And it was done so late. It was just put in. It was just like... Like, it was just put in mm. to have a cool scene. It wasn't even a cool fucking scene. It was shit. Yeah, it was so unrealistic and too big and too, like, that molten stuff that was going to pour on Padme. Yeah. You weren't like, oh, my God. You were just like, 
Yeah, yeah, just stop it and let's just go to the next scene. You're yeah. fucking with me. This is a problem with prequels when they have like these life-threatening moments. You're like, no, we we know she's going to survive to have at least two kids. It's and Star Wars fine. should have been fine for that because because the universe is so big, you could have made any characters a main character and just killed any of them at the drop of the hat because we're not sure when it comes down to it. You're not in. You know, Anakin's important. You know, Padme's important, and Obi Wan. No, I would say you don't know Obi Wan and Anakin. That's it. Padme, oh, yeah, Padme could could have been a decoy, could have been a red herring where you're like, okay, that's, of course, that's going to be Luke and Leia's mom and, okay, she's dead. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. You're just making the film worse that, like, <laughs> throughout the prequels, like, Padme dies, like, seven times. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's just, uh, that's a save. That's fine. That's just, that's just the chick from two hands. That's it's cool. fine. It's fine. Um, one thing I think about the prequels, and it's another little little change that they could have easily done is, I mean, because we've seen the films, this sounds like a dumb idea at first. Roll with it. Call Rolling. any of the planets that they go to that aren't in the original trilogy Alderaan. Make any of those any of the, like make Naboo Alderaan, so that when Alderaan is blown up in the original trilogy, if you've seen the prequels, that makes the impact even bigger. Like holy fuck! Like I know characters that were on that planet. It doesn't really work with the Darth Vader thing though, because if Naboo was Alderaan, then like you can't really hiding Luke on father's home planet and then hiding Leia on mom's home planet is. <laughs> Pretty dumb. Pretty, pretty obvious. Pretty, pretty dumb. <laughs> but yeah, like, because that's a thing that they could have done to make the Alderaan scene, like, way more... Like, it's already, like, fucked. But, like, to make it, like, even more intense... Yeah. That's it's, good. Because instead, they've just introduced this whole bunch yeah. of planets. And, like, why is Coruscant... Because in the prequels, they make Coruscant such a big deal, but then we know that it's not the original trilogy, so, like... It is in the extended editions. They kind of just... Did they splice a scene in of Crossant? In, yeah, in in the, in the special edition, yeah. the the big like tower with yeah. Okay, I've got a few things to patch up. Um, okay, so back to that foundry scene. Yeah, the yes. reason <laughs> the reason like it's heartbreaking that's in the film. It's useless because it introduces R two D 2s jetpack. Where was the jetpack on Dagobah? Where was the jetpack when they were trying to jump off the sail barge? Yeah. Like, like, I can't believe that Lucas, in his 10-minute wrap-up at the end of Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> said, all right, wipe his memory and take off his jetpack for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wrap done. Yeah. But back to – it's a real common thing that um, is the hiding Luke on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader didn't know that they were born. My The argument I just have against that is just that Vader is – the most powerful Jedi in the universe and he can't sense his own son who is force sensitive on his home planet. It seems a bit. But then you get into a bit of a, like a Cerebo type thing where, I don't know, you sort of, and this, you know, this is a problem with like a Superman film. If you give someone too much powers, Mm. then it's sort of like, well. Mm. Then when you, when you do defeat them, they're like, well, no, because like you, there's evidence to suggest that that just would not be. Yes. So like being able to, Just broadcast out and find like I can sort of get Luke and Darth doing a bit of a uh, little bit of uh, telepathy after they battle an Empire because they've got a connection. Yeah, and they're yeah. very aware of each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's a lot easier to tune into a radio station when someone tells you the frequency yeah. rather than just like going which one. There is it. This channel. Yeah, yeah. But when you sort of do the math of it all, if Padme died, he, she he, to Darth Vader, he di- she died on that platform. Yeah, with the babies still inside, so he wouldn't even be out looking for yeah. things. And then there was this other 
theory, which I don't know if it was in the expanded universe or not, or it was just a um, fan, something that fans had just accepted, was that Darth Vader never wanted to go back to Tatooine. Yeah. But that's been busted now because oh. in the comic- in, in Yeah, he does go back. Yeah, in the new Darth Vader comic, that's like the first thing he does. Yeah, he goes to Jabba. And yeah. Like, damn. Because I, I like the, either one, he doesn't go back to Tatooine, he's like- Obi-Wan's like, I know he's never going to go back here. So where he came from, no way he's coming back here. Or two, it was a trap by Obi. And sort of Obi-Wan sort of set this up as sort of like, maybe if we put Luke here and give him his same last name, maybe lure out Darth Vader and I can kind of come out from behind the sand dune and fuck up his shit. Yeah, I, I, I sort of don't mind that theory because it almost, it fits in because Ben found Luke after the start, like, you know, you could see the Star Destroyer from the... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Planet. Yeah. So if Obi-Wan Kenobi's watching over Luke and then he sees a Star Destroyer, he's mm. like, I better, you know. Kick into gear. Because he, he'd be able to know where Luke is. Yeah. You know, in the area. And that's sort of how he found him. So I, that sort of makes sense because in, you know, the deleted, there's deleted scenes where, you know, Luke's actually watching the Star Destroyer yeah. through oh. his binoculars. And then he goes down to um, Toshi Station and, tells everyone and then the battle's already over and everyone thinks he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's, he's, do you guys know his nickname? No, no. Oh, I don't think I like he's the dork in the group. <gasps> yeah. Um, his nickname is Wormy. Wormy. Ugh. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. And also, yeah, I guess that deleted scene adds to the fact where he's like, yeah, I'm going to join the rebels. And everyone's like, no, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Go back to moist, like farming, farming moisture. moisture. I would also change in the prequels that not all the Jedis wear what Ben Kenobi and everyone else wears pretty much on Tatooine. This is my, this is my point. Like, I, I hate the fact that they are wearing what is known as Jedi robes. And it's like, well, there's wearing, you know, and then if Ben Kenobi is just going to be, I know, what, I know how to hair, you know, I had to hide in Tatooine. I'm gonna a just wear Jedi robes and b change my name to Ben. That'll that'll will fix them. And yeah, you're right. It's just like no, but Owen Lars over there is also. Yeah. Did he just raid his like stepbrother's 
wardrobe and was like, oh, this this looks nice on me. Hey, hey, uh, fucking Beru, is this look good? And she's and like, also, like, Another weird thing is like uh, Darth Maul is wearing something very similar to what Luke wears in Revenge, uh, Return of the Jedi. So like, why couldn't something like that just be... No one cares about the names. We've established yeah, yeah, that. that's right. <laughs> I, I did correct myself. That's though. true. Yeah, you know, when you love Star Trek this much, <laughs> names aren't important. Oh, I know. And just when fucking Yoda looks Luke in the eye and he's like, live long and prosper, it's like, oh, fuck, it gets me every moment, every time in my heart. Um, yeah, like the Jedi robes could have been anything. It didn't even need to be Jedi robes. It could have just been fucking shorts. I don't, like, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Hawaiian shirts, boardies. God, ca- casual Fridays at your Jedi temple. <laughs> yeah. um, the, um, but I thought Luke's outfit, like that, that, that tight that, fitting. Yeah, the black one. Yeah, like, it definitely should have been at something a little bit more space age or something. Like, yeah, yeah. I, and maybe not even <clears throat> black. Actually, I'll go not with black because the original vibe with Luke wearing black in Jedi yeah. was the, is he becoming Darth Vader or not? And, you know, that was sort of the underlying message, which I don't really think got put out there enough. Mm. Like, I know that Mark Hamill had discussions with, I think, I don't know if it's in a, on the Blu-ray or what, but I've seen a clip where Mark Hamill's trying on the outfit and they're doing a fitting before, and George Lucas is there and Mark <laughs> Hamill's like going, oh, this is, you know, very black, it's very Vader-ish and, you know, George Lucas is going, yeah, well, that's what it's meant to symbolise. Like, oh, okay. is, he, is he going to the <laughs> dark like, side and stuff? Luke, Luke is like, oh, shit, it is too. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we, we should wear that. <laughs> or Lucas is just like, whatever you think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Nailed it. There's something weird to that whole thing. You did that very well. Um, <laughs> but George Lucas is such an uber nerd that he sort of wanted them all just to, like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're Luke Skywalker. Like, to him, <laughs> you are Luke Skywalker. Like that, do you know what I mean? He, yeah. Like, he wanted the fantasy. Like, I'm not sure if you've seen that interview he did with Oprah, but he, he sort of talked about how he'd never seen a Star Wars film. Like, mm. he was sort of jealous of everyone else that he had to invent it and make it and then everyone else just got to walk into the cinema in, and enjoy it. Yeah. And, mm. and he really wanted you know, that experience and hopefully he gets it. Well, he said that a bunch when it's coming to the fourth week and he's like, I I'll talk about my version later, I guess, but Hey, I'm super stoked to go into a cinema and watch it. I, I, I wonder what we're going to know afterwards. Like I really I, hope he releases like his original screenplay or something. Cause you know that like he would have had a script or, or at least yeah. a very, very basic idea of what yeah, well, he had like. a pretty deep outline. Apparently yeah, that yeah. He, like that was part of the deal that he, he needed to provide this outline for the films. Like that was part of the sale Yeah, was yeah. that he needed the outline. And it's sort of, um, you know, people get a little bit confused. He, he actually considered making the films himself. Like it's, you know, I hear some people go, oh, you know, Disney bought it and then they're going to pump out films. No, his plan was to make the film and then he was sort of like, oh, maybe I should, like, I don't have, like mm. he was going to, he wanted to make the first one himself. It would be a different vibe, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like oh, I, yeah. I, I'm like, like I, I think about it and I get goosebumps. <laughs> I'm just like. Like, we're going to go see this film, but it'd be a different vibe I if, feel like if the he was making trailer it. trailer would look a lot more... like Because with his prequels, I still think it would still have the same problem of everything just looks like it's made out of plastic. Everything would just be really CGI, where like the, mm, like the Force Awakens looks kind of gritty, almost. It's weird, because what you think is CGI is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that 8D8? 8B8? 8B8. 8B8. I feel like I'm saying that wrong. 8B8. 
base helping at all or no? No, you know, I, I go Baldroid. Okay, Baldroid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was real. That's yeah, amazing. He actually yeah. built a Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And it's like, we're actually going to get... See, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm smiling because I'm excited again. I know I, like, the first time I ever saw an actual Star Wars film was The Phantom Menace in like a theatre. And it was so disappointing. Like Literally, the next day, you were like... Eh. And I can't not be like, no, I'm going to get excited. How old were you when you saw it? Um, about 13, 14. And you didn't like it? You, like, didn't, see, I, you didn't like Phantom Menace straight off the bat? No. Nah. Wow. Like, I, and weirdly enough, I read the novelization before seeing the movie as well. So I knew exactly what was going to happen. And I saw it. little prick you I, I still am. Although um, I can sort of see where, because if you hadn't read the book and then I don't think you, I think you would have probably liked it more if you hadn't read the book first because at that age, your imagination and then combined with the fact that you knew what was going to happen. Episode four, five, and six were like, so. The yeah. book's better than the film. Yeah, oddly enough. Yeah, mm. that does goes into more depth. Um, Darth Maul has more, more words. It's always nice. Yeah, so definitely I would have gone with, more Darth Vader. Okay, uh, so let's, let's break this down. So episode one ticks around. So we're going to streamline a lot of that. All right, episode one. And this is the thing the Phantom Editor did. Jar Jar Binks, like every scene, there'll be a heavy scene. You know, we're going to go to battle. And then Jar Jar Binks ruins the end of every scene by saying something. Yeah. Like, and he pops the bubble of seriousness. Because mm-hmm. how, you know, like, like that, there's no tension anymore. Like you can't have constant like, it's comic relief. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not comedy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you just need it now and then. So my Phantom Menace changes would be older, less Jar Jar. And Jar Jar is, man, I tell you what, if they had limited Jar Jar, people would have fucking loved Jar Jar. Would have loved him. Do you know what I mean? If they give him the fucking sweet Boba Fett treatment, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he would have been, oh, I wish they had more. Yeah. I wish there was a spinoff with Jar Jar. He was an interesting character. Let's find out more about him. No, we know fucking everything about him. Right? <laughs> we know too much. Yeah, far, far too much. I look at like Jar Jar in a sense, almost like the Groot character from Guardians Galaxy, where it's a sort of not human kind of sidekick who is sort of wacky a little bit, but, you know, with Groot, he doesn't speak annoyingly. And it is somewhat the comic relief, but at times is shown to actually be competent. Whereas there's no real redeeming feature for Jar Jar. I I I, I knew nothing about Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Halfway through that film, I fucking love Groot. Yeah, I know. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm buying. I'm like, like you know, like when Ninja Turtles came out and turtle sales skyrocketed. <laughs> like, a fucking kids, like, do they all want trees for Christmas now? <laughs> Little bonsai plants. Yeah. Just say that is what I want. Like Groot is so fucking cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's, he's a, like he's Chewbacca. Yeah, he's the Chewie of Guardians. But um, man, he's good. So yeah, less Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. Let's let's keep Darth Maul in the mix for another film. Oh, definitely. Are you gonna have this sort of droid? army and clone army as well because that's another point of contention for me is a droid army versus a clone army because when it comes down to it it's kind of meaningless like you just make more of both and make oh look you killed my droids i'm gonna build some more ah you killed my clones i'm gonna go hatch some more no i will validate the droid army Hmm. because that was part of darth sidious's plan that once he needed the droid army as an excuse to make a clone army right and he needed a clone army because a clone army is programmable and will kill Jedi's whenever he wants. Okay. So he needed he needed the droid threat okay. to then have the Senate support his um, clone army okay. and a clone army that he secretly had control over. So I, I think the the droid army is pretty valid and and just that because it's droids, you can just go bang, you yeah. turned off. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So that's like the thing when the 
And when you watch this one on YouTube, it's it's all based on that. Every every scene is based on Darth Sidious's plot, so it happens very mm. rapid. So like then, as soon as Darth Sidious is ready to strike his thing, it's like bang, kill the Jedi's, Anakin, go kill the Trade Federation, Droid Army's gone, and then it's just then it's just Darth Sidious in with full power with a clone army. Yeah, it's, it's perfect how it unravels. So. My yeah, so start it start it later. Get get mm-hmm. that, and you have to like th- th- this whole ring theory thing, yeah. right? We, like, <laughs> like this is super fun because we've just been jumping around like three nerdy podcasters, huh? exactly what we are. And the thing with that ring theory thing, right? This guy's like going on all these podcasts. He's written this big thing. Great, it's a great theory, right? Yeah. But have you checked with George Lucas <laughs> that he's even. <laughs> fucking aware of this like you were painting and this is what we talk how we sort of got talking about how people put all this mm. like make up stuff to make things have more power like the the c-3po thing in empire strikes back and so like this guy's thing is like his reasoning for why the prequels are great is it's this beautiful reflection of the original <laughs> trilogy okay so here's the thing with that one pretty sure george lucas doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about dude <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's just happenstance Two, fuck off with your mirror reflection and just make him fucking good. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I would be madder if, like, if his theory was right and George Lucas meant this. It's just like, you fucking artistic cunt. Just make some fucking good films. Who cares if it goes back to front? I'll just watch the films in fucking reverse if I want to watch your ring theory, all right? Exactly. You know, Memento, there is, like, a hidden code to, like, you can press around to play it as a movie. You know what? I've never done that because I don't fucking want to. Yeah, it's just like, like, so both ways... I'm furious. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because the first, like, I, I, I no, no, I, I just, like, just go with the delusion thing. Because George Lucas has no fucking idea about this ring theory thing. He does, George Lucas does like to repeat things, mm-hmm. but he didn't do it in a, an exact opposite reflection. Like, it doesn't fold in the way it folds out. There's yeah. just scenes that just... Just happens to reflect because George Lucas, to me, is what I would be like if I was director. Lazy, sits on my chair and has a coffee. And you know what? Just walk from there to there and look out a window. (laughs) Nail that one. Mm. Next scene. Like, that's the kind of lazy sort of filmmaker that if I had (laughs) four million, billion? Billion. Billion, I would be. Um, So I think it's, I I don't think it's, it's about marrying. I think it's just more either lazy or, hey, this made me a lot of money and I didn't know much about filmmaking then. So I don't really need to go back and learn a lot more. So I'm just going to do what I did then because that worked. The ring theory is the chemtrails of Star Wars fans. (laughs) It is just some bizarre conspiracy theory that. Oh my god! <laughs> so um, yeah, definitely Phantom Menace. Let's start it a bit later on. Let's keep Darth Maul in the mix because he was all over the cover art of like all the toys and shit. Darth he was Maul the was man. everywhere. He was the face. Like of I Phantom Menace. Loved Darth Maul going into that film, and it was just like oh. I don't yeah. know why they didn't just like leave it with Obi Wan hanging from the thing, and like Darth Maul just fucks literally just fucks off, mm. and like because. Then you've also got the it's over Anakin. I have the higher ground parallel of like Obi-Wan didn't try to jump over Darth Maul because Darth Maul would have cut him in half. And then when yeah. you have it in the third film, Anakin's like, nah, fuck you. I'm good enough to do this. Everyone's just like, no, you're not. It- that higher ground thing. Yeah. But when you watch it, it's just like, 
Have I forgotten a scene where they talked about this beforehand? Yeah, because it seems like they're referring to something. Yeah, that's something that happened previously. Yeah, like basically so they're referring to the Darth Maul Obi Wan thing, but <laughs> it <laughs> it happens literally the exact opposite <laughs> of what Obi Wan is talking about. So it's very confusing. Which is why, yeah, if you just have, even if you have like Darth Maul just being like, "Stay there," because if you jump, I'll kill you. Yeah, kind of like, thing. I've got the higher ground have a shit one and he buggers off, then you've got a fucking a connection between episode one and three that makes fucking sense. Yeah, or maybe... Uh, other than... Uh, anyway. Maybe if that scene was the other way around and it was Darth Maul about to fall down and Obi-Wan said, here, I help you up or something, and then he went to attack and got all fucked up because he... And he yeah. gets killed, but it's because... The other guy had the high ground. But, it, yeah. yeah, that scene at the end of Revenge of the Sith, it really seems like it's referencing something that <laughs> I should have seen. Right? It's like, mm. it's like, I have the higher ground, Anakin. And you're in the cinema going, oh, yeah, he's got the fucking higher ground. Like, that's been established for several films. You know, like that time he had that higher ground, he just did all that wacky shit and came out on top when he just, all he had was the higher ground? <laughs> sure. I've got Thank that. God this fucking scoop robot is here to soothe me. Yeah, I've got the high <laughs> I've got the higher lava. <laughs> so Darth Maul shifts off, that all pretty much happens, and now Anakin is under So basically sort of beat for beat, pretty similar. We're just doing some minor tweaks for episode one. Yeah, and oh <laughs> I'm angry at myself though, I almost forgot this. Anakin Skywalker does not whoopsie the droid battleship. <laughs> I would take it to where Obi-Wan says, or Qui-Gon says, hide in this ship. That's in the film. Mm-hmm. Let's leave that in. Then Anakin hears over the intercom, with because he's tuned in to all the other fighters, that they're having a fucking hard time up there and they're getting their ass whipped. Mm-hmm. Anakin says to R2, we have to help out. It'll be just like pod racing or something. I feel like I, I should be up there. Like, the, you know, he's getting some prophecy that he should go up there. He goes up there and he fucking kicks ass he he works out that he can't you can't battle the ship from the outside and much like luke used his tatooine thing he's like it's just like shooting womp rats back home i can shoot things that small anakin goes realizes that there's an in and out of that ship do you know what i mean there's that whole ring with the end thing similar to the cat like the in the pod race when they have to turn yep and he pod races through the whole thing in one doesn't stop or anything doesn't melt down pod races through sends down some missiles pod races out the other side it's a, there, there, there's your fucking ring theory motherfucker fucking <laughs> there's something that happened at the start of the same film comes out and goes yeah motherfuckers that's why you should I'm Anakin Skywalker like I'm I'm bound for good things right Fuck, even just that fixes so much of the fucking episode one because like yeah there's a reason for the pod racing and then there's a reason for the end and he's fucking awesome like fuck like i've never thought about that whole pod racing right the way through because we've never talked about it that much we've been talking for like an hour if he hired people like us just to like run some ideas yeah if he what didn't have to be the fucking head of the stone cutters that every joke he ever made had to get laughed at every decision was perfect every pull shot got every ball in somehow <laughs> He would have made so many more billion dollars. That film, it made so much money, but it ruined a lot of companies. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. like a lot of people, like, 
like I was talking, we we did a, a podcast, the Steel Wars, with the guys that started the Star Wars, the, the Star Walking fan club, the Australian mm-hmm. fan club. And he was like, one, Darren was saying that he was at like Supernova or one of those conventions recently and pe- a dude's still trying to sell Phantom Menace ties. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And he's not like, they're not as collectibles. They're like as $5 or free with purchase ties that he's been stuck with for like 16 years or how long ever it's been. The fact that like when Attack of the Clones came out, that everything was like ramped down. Do you know what I mean? There was no like you didn't go into KFC and there was standees of characters. Mm. Like there wasn't like toy aisles that had like they were all like custom made. Like it was so much more skewed down because the film didn't live up to like at not the hype but the sales. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You yeah. sold this stuff. You said make this much stuff. You charge people, you charge licensees this much money. They deserved for Anakin not to fucking blow up the droid ship by accident. It's so fucking dumb. The prophecy is a banana slip. Like, <laughs> like what sort of prophecy is that? The prophecy of the banana? Yeah. <laughs> Just some kids going to accidentally stumble upon balance? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, like an hour. And I think those things, like, start it later on. Don't kill Darth Maul yet because he's a fucking, he's the most popular character. They had to end up, like, making just, you know, I'm not sure if you know about, like, figure assortments and stuff. Mm. But, like, each, you get a box of 16 and you might get four of this, two of this character, one yeah, of that yeah. character. They had to make solid Darth Maul assortments right. just to, like, because everyone wanted Darth Maul. Yeah, like, I wanted Darth Maul and then I saw the film. Yeah. Like, mm. It's like, like, why not keep that character going? And just make Anakin a bit cooler. And, yeah. And, and you can't have a cool nine-year-old. No. Cool nine-year-olds are as annoying as fuck. Yep. Like even like Terminator 2, like they're trying so hard for um, John Connor to be cool and he's just like shut the fuck up. And he's even a little older than that. I didn't mind John Connor. I, I think I was the exact same age yeah, as him I have a when s- I saw Terminator 2. So I was like... Yeah, fucking sweet, sweet haircut, man. Yeah, I fucking so also I'm, want to so steal money do. from an ATM. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah, I sort of have a similar thing, but it's been brought up a million times with me. It's like, no, he sucks. I'm like, but uh, when I watched it, I thought it was cool. But I can see, like, from the outside as an adult now. Kids aren't cool, ever. Yeah, I don't mind John Connor in that. And it's a similar thing where you're working backwards mm. to get to this character. But he has, like, he's a made man. Like, he's not born John Connor the resistance fighter. Yeah. His mother's experiences and the mm. brutality of Judgment Day is what forges him into John Connor the leader. Yeah. Anakin Skywalker was made, conceived purely as to be this virgins yeah. in the force and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. from day one. So he should have like There should be like a clear path. Like a Like he should be just a super powerful Jedi that used to be a slave, has hang-ups about that, and then is twisted through, like, and I've got to say, to George Lucas's credit, the plot, the Darth Sidious plot, it's it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like, I reckon it's a great, you know, and how I was explaining with the battle droids and to yep. the clones, I think it's a, it's a brilliant plot. And just how he generates this galactic war, and he's the leader in both, because, mm. and it's very reflective as like of politics now do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. like whether it, it's weird because people are so one-eyed with politics and stuff but you can't I, like even 
I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I read like comments and stuff and it just blows my mind and, and sort of makes me really sad that people can't like see with like Tony Abbott that every time his popularity goes down, there's a, there's a terror threat. Even his own party does, they don't want him anymore. Like, do you know what I mean? He just had that near spill. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, he's like at this real presidential mm. podium with six flags. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck, man. I was, if it was a one flag speech, I don't know if I would have felt as safe. But when there's six <laughs> flags, I'm like, hey, man. Oh, if, everything's good with the world. It takes six flags to like maintain all those roller coasters in America. So <laughs> I think we're good. But yeah, it's so it's a very, like, it's a real life thing. Yeah. Which is what, you know, what sci fi should be. Yeah, good yeah. sci fi should do that. Should be taking. You know, and that's what they did in Star Trek and stuff, put, you know, racial prejudice and and all that stuff and put it in a galactic field or like a storytelling thing. So then it's we're distanced from it Mm. and then we can relate to it without our own prejudices. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, green people should get along with the grey people. Hey, man, I wonder if this has any bearing on (laughs) my day-to-day life. Do you know what I mean? That's Mm. a great thing. And, yeah, so to his credit, I, I think the actual... And, and this is George Lucas's thing, great initial concepts. So I think that's the Phantom Menace fixed. I think we've made an extra couple billion dollars. And, you're um, welcome, George. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, KFC. You're welcome, Pepsi-Cola. <laughs> you're welcome, Thai seller. That's true. <laughs> Let's not forget that young gentleman. Yeah, I think he's old now. <laughs> old and sad. Old, old and sad, sad gentleman. Old sad gentleman. <laughs> but cut novelty ties, though, dude. Come on. <laughs> You kind of deserve it. Um, I like the idea of um, just like Darth Maul holding a double edge like lightsaber as like just going to vertically up <laughs> the yeah. tie. Oh, I want one now. I wonder if about 2003 he thought about connecting a few of those ties together and ending it all. <laughs> <laughs> Not too sad. Because the answer is probably yes. <laughs> um so I think in uh, Attack of the Clones, Attack of the Clones, um, get rid of the video game scene. Get, I definitely get rid of that. I definitely think there should have been more to Qui Gon being in bed with Dooku, and it should have been more put to Obi Wan the struggle. You know, for Obi Wan to struggle is like, well, Qui Gon's my master. Was he thinking this way? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. like there should have been more about that, and that would have been a great like flip the script. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I am your father, um, twin sister, like a good script flipping. Just stuff like Dexter Jetster, like the yeah, yeah, like the, the forearmed the deli thing. Like the the fascinating thing about Star Wars, about Darth Vader, George Lucas is Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, he could have been the one. He starts off as a gifted young man with a lot of power and then gets consumed by technology Mm. and it eats him up until you're in this green room where there's nothing to act off. off. And that was, I had this discussion with someone today and I was saying how like with JJ and the sets, the, um, the great scenes, the great memorable lines in the original trilogy quite often are by Harrison Ford. They're uh-huh. by Han Solo. And more often than not, they were improved on the set. And if you're acting, it's a lot easier to act on a set that helps you get into character. And then you can, 
Like, like I say in comedy, right? If if you learn, like, if once I've learned my show, then I can make it funnier by improving stuff. I can use that and and work around it. And in the prequels, they were spending so much of their mental energy trying to remember what the set's going to look like and looking at the little diagrams and stuff mm. and looking up pretending Jar Jar's heads up there that there was no energy left in their brain to power an improvised line of dialogue. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I love you, I know, improvise. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Beautiful. That that scene with um in in cell block eleven thirty eight or whatever with um we're fine, how are you? Yeah. Just improv, like because George Lucas can't write mm, that stuff like line. that. Yeah. Yeah, that would have just just sets, please, sets. But um yeah, Attack of the Clones, yeah, definitely more with the is Dooku good or bad. Yeah, I, I, I like that because he's going to give us a bit more of a moral ambiguity and being like, yeah, I don't know, I'm kind of on his side, but he's being a bit of a dick about it. But I kind of agree where he's coming from. Yeah. Whatever it might be. And, and, and like pro wrestling is the... It's 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 fundamental storytelling. Mm. When when and, and, and professional wrestling is a fascinating thing to follow because it's all the TV shows are just marketing for you to pay money to watch two fake fighters fake fight. Do you know what I mean? And it's how well you 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 set that up. And for a film like Star Wars, it's like how much after all that build up, like the first match mm. was like Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader. Mm. Or or like or the first match I guess was Ben versus Darth Vader. Do you know what I mean? WrestleMania one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like the the bad guy beats Hulk Hogan's trainer the guy that taught yeah, him everything yeah, yeah. he knew about wrestling. And then WrestleMania 2's Empire Strikes Back and, like, Hulk Hogan puts in a great fight but in the end doesn't come through. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. And then WrestleMania 3's Return of the Jedi and it's like this time there's this new stipulation. It's in a cage. There'll be no interference, even though that Darth Vader's got his manager with the electric things, but it's like that's the <laughs> final thing. And one of the things that makes for a great wrestling storyline is when and, and 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 this then goes up to like the great stories in history is when the villain thinks he's doing the right thing. Mm. Yeah, he's doing it the the whole you know he's doing horrible things, but in his mind he's justified. Yeah, exactly, and he's the correct one. Have you seen Kingsman recently? I haven't. No, that's a again is a good villain because even what he's doing is kind of shitty, but he believes he's doing the right thing and he's got this cause that he wants to go and achieve. And it's like it's fucked up, but it's. He thinks he's correct. Yeah, Bond villains usually have the uh some, some Bond, Bond villains. villains have the same some thing. Bond some villains. just love Pat and Cats, man. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking shit up. <laughs> and they they tried to do that a bit with the Darth Vader. Anakin Skywalker just wanted peace in the galaxy and he mm. was willing to do anything. Yeah. To no, right. like do you know what I mean? Like, you know, when he's like saying to Padme, you know, mm. we should just make the decisions. Yeah. You know. And and she's just like, ooh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Al Qaeda video coming along. <laughs> but um, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so Attack of the Clones. I definitely ditch. Get someone in to write those love scenes, for God's sakes. Solid. And I do like how I like. I didn't when I watched the film. I didn't expect the clones to be good guys. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's because the, cl- the title's Attack of the Clones. Yeah, or so, just the Clone Wars. It just sounds like it doesn't seem like it seems like it was mm. Jedi's fighting clones. Like when yeah. I heard that when I was young, like the Clone Wars, we yeah. fought in the Clone Wars. It felt like that they'd be fighting mm. the clones, and you know there was always a lot of theories about 
who's cloned of yeah, yeah. who like is Boba Fett a clone of someone and is Ben Obi Wan Kenobi because he's a clone of Ben Ooh. Kenobi and all that sort of stuff. And then Revenge of the Sith, that first battle, great. I think that's really cool. It did drag on a little bit too much. Like he could cut off, you know, a little bit of that fight scene. I'm actually just thinking of that first space bit. Yeah, like that whole space bit. Like you could, like I, I watched it. And it was like, oh, this is really cool. Okay, cool. I get the point. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Really? Yeah. Even while the, before they land in the docking bay? Yeah. Oh, I love that. And like, I lo- it was awesome, but it was just watching like a computer graphic. It was just yeah. watching like that. It was like, this is really cool. I'm really excited. Okay, I'm now over that. Land and do shit. Yeah, I was, I was pretty caught up in that. And that, that opening thing, how they're cruising along and then it sort of opens up into the battle. Yeah, that's cool. That's fucking yeah. great. Yeah, that was well done. cool. The other thing, you know, it's a very pro wrestling thing as well. Pro wrestling <laughs> teaches a lot, you guys. Is <laughs> yes. yes. Don't, once the villain starts doing comedy, it's hard to come back. And... You had the battle droids doing their comedy. In the Phantom edit, none of the dro- I don't think any of the droids talk. I know the Nemoidians talk in another language and they're subtitled. But all that like Roger Roger bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And then in Attack of the Clones, we're introduced to the super battle droids, I think they were called. Mm-hmm. They look a bit like the Scions in, yeah, the, yeah. in the modern the civil battle ones. Yeah, yeah. Then they're doing slapstick. So these are like the battle droids. You know, they're, they've got the Roger Roger thing. They're a bit, you know, they're obviously, there's, they're not built to mm. last. Then they come out with super battle droids. Do you know what I mean? They've got a built-in gun to their arm. They're massive. They, they're they very intimidating. By the start of the third film, they're, they're literally doing slapstick in that, that oil slick. Oh, God, yeah. There's like, if you were going to do that, there's no way it should have been those dro- It should have been the battle droids. Yeah. Doing that. Like, do you know what I mean? You've got these dorks mm. and now you're putting like a major intimidating villain, like R2-D2 and some oil. So unnecessary. So cut I definitely think the end of Revenge of the Sith with Darth Vader becoming Darth Vader should have been the end of Attack of the Clones or the end of episode two. And yep. then we'll get – so that is it's, – it's such a good end. Bang. That that scene, like it's, it's a very poignant scene mm-hmm, where the, mm-hmm. the thing like seals and then a couple of seconds and then the breath yeah. and you can see it. That scene at the end of Revenge of the Sith – is so beautiful and poignant. It stands out like a sore thumb. It's artistically, it's like someone came in and made that. It was just like, hey, I got this scene. Like, I'll do this, George. You just take five for lunch. No, but like (laughs) the camera angles and the art direction and the photography, it's totally different. Yeah. Yeah, It does feel like it's a different film. But then it goes straight back to when you've got Darth Vader (laughs) walking out. Okay. That scene can be fixed by Darth Vader saying nothing. Darth Vader just finding out that Padme's dead, doesn't say anything, everything in the room gets fucked up, FX7 blows up, 2-1-B <laughs> eats shit, <laughs> and, then he just, and then he just drops the mic and leaves the room. Nothing needs to be said. Having him, like, crush everything in the room with just, like, force, shit just gets fucked. Yeah, because you know, room. like, when you hit your shin or something, you know when yeah. you, you yeah. hurt yourself and you go, fuck, yeah. that's so hurt. But you know when you get, like, that pain, that really hard one in the shin, like, just say... You like walk into a tow bar on a car, and, yeah. and you know how like you've now like this hurts so much that I'm beyond. I can't audibly yeah. express this pain. So you just like, 
Like that should have been the, yeah. Like none of that. No, and Ooh. and also fuck you, dude. For then, like, oh yeah, that no foreshadows the no that he does in Return of the Jedi. Oh, there's no no in Return of the Jedi, George. <laughs> oh, uh, when was the last time you watched the film? Because <laughs> the one I'm putting out next week, it's yeah. definitely in there. <laughs> like that's cheating, man. Like it's weird that they haven't changed what Carrie Fisher says to Mark Hamill about. Mom, yeah, do you know what I mean? It like, is. like, just cut he, that. He fucking would if he could. I reckon he would. That little <laughs> devil, he'd do it. I'm just reckoning he's gonna go back and change. Like, it's like, hey, hon, like, I love you. Then he's gonna be like, I love you too. Just all <laughs> fucked up. And be like, yeah. And it's it's so interesting that the whole the edit where they edit the three films together because it starts at the end of the Phantom mm. Menace, so you don't get that initial mention of midi Corins. The good thing about that is is they didn't have to edit anything out of the next two films because it's never mentioned again. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's one big thing I would just f- fuck that right off. Uh, no, none of this virgin birth bullshit. Just nah. Yeah, nah. I, you, you don't like the virgin birth? I hate it with a passion. I really hate it. It's one of like, if I could change one thing, I'd keep Darth Maul alive. If I could change two things, it would be the virgin birth thing. I haven't read that Darth Plagueis book. Have you read that? No, but apparently Darth Plagueis was still alive during episode one. Yeah. yeah. I've got to read it. It sounds fascinating. I, I think I've like read a little bit of the Wikipedia. Okay. Or Wikipedia. So it's my understanding, and of course now it's all erased. But yes. But it was Palpatine that that impregnated Shumi ah. Skywalker. No, it's um, Palpatine's master. That he did it. Yeah, that was what's what that's what I got from that exchange. That yeah, was, but one of those they were that was yeah. an evil dude did it. Yeah, they were yeah. in cahoots yeah. because and actually, that, oh hang on, no, it was the evil dude. Fuck, I hate that I know this. Um, Darth Sidious was trying to make a kid from just using the Force, but then the Force rebelled against that because that was too fucked up, that it made its own kid, which was Anakin. Oh, where'd you read that? Somewhere. I don't know why that stuck in my head. Okay, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. The, um, I, I think, I mean, I think it's when we were doing an episode of midichlorians and just going into that, and I think it was just, yeah, Darth Sidious was trying to do some, like, experimentations, <laughs> but then the Force rejected that completely and yeah. did its own. I haven't listened to the midichlorian one yet, but um, it sounds like a frustrating listen man because what can you say no 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 but here's the good thing about the fuckedest thing ever like oh, did you know they were sentient bacteria oh yeah wow deal with that yeah i i definitely think if darth vader in at the end of episode two became darth vader and then you've got a, a whole film to darth vader to enjoy darth vader like wow that it would have been so so cool you could also have the fix the whole thing of padme not dying until a bit later on. Yeah. You could keep her alive for most of three and then, like, have Vader actually kill her. Or, again, even, like, the Force Choke thing, whatever, so that then you have, like, the kids are alive during or Darth Vader's initial run. maybe even the Force Choke thing kind of fucks her up a little bit. So by episode two, uh, episode three rolls around, she's also rolling around because she's in a wheelchair. Jesus. Something fucked up. She's not quite right. Because, you know, cutting God. some circulation off in the brain there. <laughs> she can she can use um Jack Thompson's old prop. Yeah, see? There you go. And then it's like she dies from complications because she's a little bit brain fucked. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, she definitely should have lived. Like, you can, like it's in the movie. Yeah. It's, 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 it's George Lucas canon. Oh, like, it's, it is George Lucas canon mm. that Padme lived... Three years? Yeah. Is, is three, like, is that 
that two, seems, three years. Three I, I, years I feel like my Vegas memory. memory, one of my Vegas memories is Star Wars, which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember kindergarten and stuff like that. So it's like four or five. See, so. I remember pre-kindergarten. So that's three. It's doable. I think three, for to have a parent and then not have a parent, three seems like a fine age. Just, just, yeah, I, just imagine if you want to go really dark with Revenge of the Sith, which you kind of need to because it's like, hey, to. the good guy's fucking lost. Have Padme kill herself. Yeah, even shit like that. Like, like realizing real who dark. Vader is and yeah. then just being like, oh, I yeah. can't live in a world where I've... I yeah. mean, that's that's too dark for Star Wars, but... Yeah, I don't think that's... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure how... Yeah, I'm not 100%. <laughs> now that I've actually said it, I'm like, ah, Like, but... it's great. It's great for, like... For the... To, you yeah. know, for, for an adult person that wants, like, you know, that wants their Battlestar Galactica version of Star Wars, the new one. Mm. Yeah. But... Because Star Wars is still for kids. Yeah, I don't think that's the best message (laughs) to be sending. To like eight-year-olds. Yeah. Hey, your friend fucked? Just kill yourself. Yeah. (laughs) It's probably not it's 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 probably not the best thing at all. We'll put that in the in the maybe pile. (laughs) Maybe not pile. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's Definitely, with maybe, maybe maybe better if George Lucas killed himself after he found out who Anakin was. <laughs> yeah, just that's that's on the maybe. <laughs> well, I think collectively we've we've definitely we've definitely fixed it. Definitely, definitely done some good tweaks to it. And I think definitely would have improved because even even something as simple as changing the end of Episode One, where he's not screaming Whoopi and he takes down a whole ship by pod racing skills. Super awesome. close, man. He was super close. If he just didn't direct it, if he exactly. just didn't fucking direct. He, just, it, he flew too close to the sun. That's what he did. He flew too close to both those mm-hmm. suns. <laughs> Caught in between. He had um, he had an Obi Wan tan. <laughs> <laughs> he aged sixty years in about three and a half minutes. It wasn't pretty. Yeah, I. But I like the, like 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 I'll complain about it, and that's. To be into Star Wars for so long, you have to like it's fun to fuck around and, and, and talk about that sort of stuff. But I do I, I, I like I like the films. Like I'll still I, I have to squint through them, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 They're a good and, background noise to kind of come in and out eventually. You know? Like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I and I, I like I mainly just watch the Phantom Edits as my like if if I want to watch the film. You know, I've 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 watched the other ones more recently just because I had like commentaries that I had that mm. I want to listen along with the films. And that's a thing you can squint through it and it's awesome. I know. And I'd love to sit here with you in a year's time and let's do a podcast of like, let's make episode seven, The Force Awakens worse. Yeah. yeah. Like, how could have we made it worse? <laughs> I want to sit through Force Awakens, eyes wide open, just grin to fucking ear to ear and just yeah. be like, this is, this is the best. This is the best. Please. Well, you know, um, we're going to be doing, for the Steel Wars, we're going to be doing a, uh, a live podcast at 3 a.m. Um, in at a venue in the city, like a bar. And it's going to be the raw. All right. This is what. Like, this is what happened after the midnight release. So straight after the midnight release. Yeah. So, so sick. So, like, I'm fascinated with if it's good or bad, mm, like yeah. how we're going to react. Like if it's a good film, people are just going to be like sculling beers. And just hugging and, each other. And, 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 and it's just going to be a party. It. We did it. And if it's really bad, people are just going to be sculling beers, yeah. but in a less positive way. Yeah. You know, they'll yeah. be doing scotch shots or something like that. <laughs> just, and then slamming the glass back down. Yeah. Another one. Let's just fuck it up. Let's just get fucked up. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good way to, to end this episode and on that note i've been joel i've also been joel i've been steel can i plug my stuff and i was about to say (laughs) where else can we find you
Um, you guys, I uh, I do a Star Wars chat podcast. If you enjoy, I, I think it's a, it's a pretty similar tone of being really into it, but um, being able to fuck around with it a little bit. So it's called Steel Wars, and that's S T W E L E Wars, and uh, that the website Steel Wars, the Twitter's Steel Wars, the Instagram Steel Wars, and you can find it on iTunes. I also do a comedy podcast called I Love Green Guide Letters. And we review the complaint letters to the TV guide pretty much. And <laughs> we try to get people on that are getting complained about. Um, we've had on, if you're in Australia, we've had people like Lavinia Nixon and Darren Hinch and then like <laughs> huge names in comedy like you know Will Anderson and, and that awesome. sort of stuff. So uh, that's ilovegringoletters.com. And in, if you're in Melbourne and you didn't see me at the comedy festival, man, you're bombing. It was I, great. You I, missed out. I was there. It was fantastic. It was, great, great show. It was the best of times. <laughs> but um, yeah, get onto the podcast, and we're going to be doing um a lot of really fun stuff with Star Wars this year. We're get, you know we're going to be doing the the live episode after the show, and I think we'll be doing a live podcast this week in is celebration for May fourth because I believe they're going to do the six films again over the two weekend over the two days. Awesome. That's the inside word I've had Ooh. from uh, Coruscant. Um, and yeah, just check us out. I think if uh, you enjoy this, you'll probably enjoy that. We have a lot of really cool people. We had the Phantom editor on. It is one of the most gripping tales of. A dude getting in over his head, <laughs> like ever. I, 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 I like. I, I kind of started the podcast just to interview him because I was so fascinated with him and his like love hate relationship with yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, it was and- it was interesting listening to that because it was basically a guy being like, "I got successful. I made no money out of it. Help." <laughs> yeah, and I felt like I was in a room with like Star Wars as like Julian Assange or <laughs> Snowden or something. Like it was a real like he's a very introverted guy. I'm not sure if what happened to him with like all mm. these people looking for him, like he had to keep his identity secret for quite a long time and stuff. I'm not sure if that's what did it to him or what but he was a great guy but fascinating um um a person and I guess um since then, we would have had – there'll be live episodes you can listen to from the Comedy Festival with comedians mucking about with Star Wars. Uh, by now, we would have interviewed um, Dom Beast, mm-hmm. who is like the R2 controller in the prequels and played Boba Fett in the special edition. Uh, we're going to have uh, – by now, we'll have Jimmy Mack on from Rebel Force Radio. It's one of the top uh, Star Wars news podcasts. So, yeah, check us out. And um, it's free. It's it's Star Wars. It's it's an, in, done in a, a nerdy but fun way. That's I think like podcasts like this and ours is sort of like a lot of the Star Wars podcasts are too intricate. You yeah, know what I mean, they don't yeah, have fun yeah, with yeah. it. It's it's very dry, which I like those. But, That's fine. Though. Hey, but I like being fi- a bit more irreverent. Yeah, my fiance that loves Star Wars like wouldn't listen to them, but would listen to this sort of thing because it's sort of fun. Yeah. Um, but to, like to me, they're fun as well. But I understand that like I wouldn't, I wouldn't subject it to someone else. <laughs> this is my secret shame. And uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter. I tweet uh, many jokes every day. Hopefully at Steel Saunas, Instagram at Steel Saunas, and Facebook at Steel Saunas. And thanks for having us on the show, man. Nice. Hey, anytime. Cool. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Live long and prosper. <laughs> I think I've nailed this Starfleet episode, right? <laughs> it was our planet! <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs>
If you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.